you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Are you ready for the word this morning? I'm telling you this subject this morning and studying, this is one of my favorite subjects, so I'm... We're, going to, we're totally in. This is going to be an awesome time. So get ready. Get prepared to have a dynamic message. Turn over to Matthew chapter 15. We're going to pray. First, before, before we pray, and before we go any further, I'd like to give a shout out to all those on the life crew who are serving today in this building. Let's just thank God for all those that are faithful. It's so important. Thank you, Lord. So important that we serve. You know, when we serve and we give, there's a completion there. God, or God designed us to contribute, right? It's so natural that when we have our families, we start teaching our little kids how to pick up their own toys. And if, parents, you haven't taught your little kids how to pick up their own toys, that's the next step, <laughs> right? It's so natural that everybody that's a part of the family gets to contribute. Notice how I said gets to contribute. That's, that is part of what we do as a family. Thank you guys for serving. Thank you for, for loving God enough to give yourself in service to what he wants us to do as a church. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for... For our example of Jesus, that he came to this earth not to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life. And he opened the door by showing us how to love. He spoke words of life that we're going to encounter today. Lived a life of worship before you. And then opened the door of heaven that we might experience all that you have for us for all of eternity. You're so good. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us into your living word today. Lord, let us see something that we've never seen before so that it does something on the inside of us to compel us to do something that we've never done before. Let us connect with with your person today, Father, through your spirit and by your spirit and your living word, and we give you all the glory and all the honor for all that's done here in this place and Jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. I'm so ready to hear something that I didn't even plan to say during studying for this message you know it's important to study to show yourself approved unto God so I'm not here to be approved by you just to let you know there's no pressure so I'm gonna have a good time today Some of you got that. Some of you, I mean, I'll stand on this side and tell it again. See if you get it. The Bible says, study to, I'm going to have a good time here today. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I prepare myself. But listen, the, 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 thing, the thing that excites me is when the Holy Spirit says something that I didn't even prepare so I'm sitting I may be standing up here but I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to hear something from God that will just bob my cork 
and get me moving in the direction that he wants me to. You know, because all of us, let me, let me just admit, all of us in here, if you're sitting down in a chair, and guy, hurry up and sit down in a chair, but if you're sitting in a chair, uh, and we all are sitting in the chair, that was the whole purpose. If you're sitting in a chair this morning, we all need to be motivated to do more of what God has designed us to do. There's areas that we, in, in this subject of worship, there's areas that we can move forward in. We think we know about worship. We're going to talk about hollow worship. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 15 here in a minute and what Jesus said about this. But listen, imagine that you received a gift beautifully wrapped. You know, you can go, you can go to the mall and pay somebody $20 to wrap your gift. And $20 worth of gift wrapping, the most beautiful gift that you can imagine, beautifully wrapped gift, taking all that wrapping off... And preserving, you know, when, when, when a gift is wrapped very good, you want to preserve the wrapping. You know, you're unwrapping it in front of the person that gave it to you, and you're like, I don't want to destroy the wrapping. Maybe we can use the wrapping again, right? So you open the gift, you open the box, and there's nothing there. Wow. That's hollow worship. That's how... Jesus feels when we worship on the outside and it's hollow in the inside. Now, this morning's service, I mean, it started out preaching the message. So I really can't add much to what happened this morning, even through the offering and the words that Josh spoke out. But I'm telling you, the Lord wants to show us something awesome about this word called worship. Um, we're, we're in a series, the second week into the series called, What Would Jesus Undo? Now, we, a few years ago, we practiced this, What Would Jesus Do? We all wore our armbands, and we're thinking, okay, right now at this moment, what would Jesus do? But now during this series, we're looking at four weeks of what would Jesus undo? And, and this week just happens to be, Jesus would undo hollow worship. Hollow worship. Last week, we talked about indifference. And spiritual apathy, Jesus would undo that and cause us to do something by faith every day that would stir up that fire within us, that would challenge us and call us forward into what he, all that he has for us. And this week, uh, it's hollow worship. It seems as, as, as people, we obsess over the external. And it's happened from... From the beginning of time, we, we obsess over the external. If you think about the Old Testament, the Pharisees, and they obsessed over the ceremonial cleanliness, very elaborate and detailed. Torah actually means 611 in Hebrew because there were 611 laws in the Old Testament. And then you have the ceremonial law. There's three different types of laws in the Old Testament. But the ceremonial law was followed by the Levites. And it was very detailed. And you had to do certain things. And you had to... It, it was... It, I don't want to even get into it because it was just so, so, so detailed to be clean. And that was the whole purpose. To be worthy enough to worship. To be clean. That was the point. People get caught up in the details of the law and missed the whole point. But God wants our 
heart. He wants our worship. And he's looking on the inside and we're looking on the outside. Here's Matthew 15, verses 1 and 2. This is what Jesus said to some Pharisees. So in verse 1 it says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked. And notice that a teacher of the law would have to know the law well enough to be able to teach it, right? Isn't that interesting? They had to be taught the law because it was so detailed (laughs) that they had to be taught in order to follow God, in order to be clean enough to worship God ceremonially. And so these people came to Jesus and they said, they asked him a question, why do you Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Now, there was the law, the ceremonial law, and then the tradition of the elders was actually on top of all that. On top of the law, the ceremonial law, they had the tradition of the elders. And they pointed out one thing. They don't wash their hands before they eat. So they're picking on this one thing about not washing your hands before you eat. Now, this is not the same thing as physical hygiene. (laughs) They're pointing out this ceremonial state where a person is eligible to worship. Wow. They were actually, without asking Jesus, you know, how, how can you be worthy to worship and be a part of God if you don't do like we do. We're the professionals here and your guys don't even wash their hands before they eat. So when you were identified as unclean, you had to go through these elaborate ceremonies to cleanse yourself spiritually so that you're eligible to worship God. We have to remember when we're talking about this external, this obsession with the external, that the Jews, the devout Jews had two categories. Clean and unclean, right? With animals, it was either clean or unclean. With food, it was clean or unclean. With things, material things, it was either clean or unclean. Unclean is contagious. When something is unclean, it's dirty, it's contagious. You can't even touch it or then you become unclean. You see how deep this runs. The law pushes people away from worshiping God. Or, let me say it like this, points out how dirty we are in our approaching to God. It was actually designed to point out that we needed Jesus to make us clean. There's laws and about skin disease, bodily discharge, dead bodies, Pigs, mice, (laughs) you name it, there was a law for it. Thousands are 611 and plus and probably still adding laws today. But the point is we focus on things that we see when God focuses on the heart. We focus on things that we see and God focuses on things of the heart. The things that we can't see are important to God. Let's keep looking in Matthew chapter 15 there. In in, in verse, verse 7, Jesus says this. You hypocrites. 
Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. In other words, they are worshiping me and they are doing this stuff, but it means nothing. It is empty. It's like the empty gift, the empty box. It's beautiful on the outside, but there's nothing on the inside. And so what Jesus would undo in our life is this hollow worship. This hollow worship. It's like an empty gift. We do a show on the outside, which is a hypocritical expression, or we could say a pretend faith. Hey, everybody, you know I'm kind of a Christian when inside your heart is very, 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 very far from God. There's been times, I'll just have to admit, there's been times when I'm dealing with something and we're in worship and I'm thinking, how much longer? Now, somebody laugh because you've been there too, but are we willing to admit that there are times where we're singing, maybe singing something up here and we're like, I don't like that song. I'm not singing. I'm not raising my hands. I'm not going there. This doesn't do anything for me. But think about the age that we live in. We are inundated with styles of music. So one of the things that we're going to talk about now is what worship is not. So number one, worship is not a style of music. It's not a style of music. We are inundated with styles and genres of music. And the list keeps growing. I mean, there's offshoots of offshoots of offshoots of different genres of music that we listen to and we identify that we like this particular type of music and guys we have we need to admit that we bring that into the church and we have our preference of certain styles of music and you would not believe how many Christians go to a church and and only go to a church because they prefer that type and style of worship And they're missing the whole point. It is not about the external expression if your heart is not in it. Come on now. We get into the heart of the matter. What is worship? What what do we call? What do we call worship? And then what is really worship? What does Jesus want? What is he willing to undo? Now, I grew up in a denominational church where they sang out of a book. And uh, you could be sure that whatever song that they were going to sing was out of this book. And it had a number. And, and it was all kind of comfortable. And, you know, I never understood why we never sang the third verse. You know, we sing, we're singing verses 1, 2, and then 4. Never verse 3. I mean, like, my favorite song, this was my favorite song. And I have to admit this about me. I have my favorite playlist and my favorite worship. And, but my favorite song growing up when I was in high school, I liked to sing When We All Get to Heaven. And it, it wasn't really about the song as much as it was about the bass line in there when the, all the guys got to sing, When We All, When We All. <laughs> and the girls said, When We All, When We All Get to Heaven. What a day of rejoicing that when we all. 
Go figure, right? A high school guy <laughs> liking a song about heaven because we like to sing the bass line. I think it was uh, number 491. And on Wednesday nights, I could raise my hand and say, and say, could we please sing 491? And they would sing it, right? Your favorite, that, that, that's, that's the second point here, that worship is not your favorite playlist. <laughs> I have my favorite playlist. <laughs> Those songs that I like to sing. But we're missing the whole point here. Why can't you worship God with a song that maybe you don't think you like? Because it's not about you, it's about Him. And we all miss it. I just admit, I admit I'm a worship junkie. And I identify as a worship junkie because I'm always looking for the new song. Man, I want the new song. I think I texted my daughter and, and the other day and I said, where do I go on the internet to find what is dropping? Because that's the term today. Now it's dropping, right? When, used to when an album came out, it was released, Right? An album was released. Now it drops. So where do you find the most uh, current praise and worship music? Where, where does it drop? Who knows who has the newest song out there? I mean, I'm intrigued by the new song. I want to worship with these young people worshiping. Just, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. But again, it's not about my playlist. That's the Lord, if I'm, if I'm still long enough, the Lord will take me back. Like this morning, it happened this morning, we were praying before the service. And up out of my heart, after praying for about 30 minutes, up out of my heart came, I surrender all. All to thee, my precious Savior, I surrender all. And then the next question that came from the Holy Spirit to me, he pointed to me and said, have you surrendered everything to me? I said, Lord, there's probably one or two or three or four, probably 10 areas where I need to surrender. More, more, more. I'm always intrigued by that scripture in James that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Right? When I think of who I am and who the Holy Spirit is in me, Colossians says, I'm complete in him. And I have the fullness of the Spirit. But then James tells me to draw near to God and God will draw near to me. Wow. There's more I need to surrender. There's more, there's more worship that I need to display in my life. Worship is not a thing. It is a life devoted, committed, given over to God. That's what worship is. Worship is the life that we live it is an area that all of us can grow in. And it doesn't matter how loud you sing on Sunday if you're not obeying him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right? We've seen the people that can jump. They can dance. They can bring the tambourine. Very few can hit on beat with, with the rhythm section. But the flags and the banners and everything else, and they're doing all of this but then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they're gossiping, putting people down, cutting people with their words, evading taxes, you name it, right? God wants our heart. He wants our life. He wants our worship. He wants our obedience. 
He wants our heart, not just our hands lifted to him. Here's some expressions of worship. There's two expressions of worship. Well, there's, there's two areas where we express our worship. One is in private and one is in corporate like this. Corporate. You remember Jesus uh, made the point where he said, you know, if you're going to pray, go into secret and pray to your father who is in secret so your father can reward you openly because he was dealing with some people that love to pray out in front of everybody so that they, they could get the, the, the honor and the uh, respect from people because when someone prays, people say, wow, you really pray good. You must be very close to God. No, no, no. Jesus was making a distinction. So there's a time where we have personal worship. Devotion before God, our quiet time, maybe our devotional before God. And then there's times of corporate worship where we come together as a body, corporately. In Psalms 107, verse 32, it says, Let them exalt Him in the assembly of the people and praise Him in the council of the elders. That's Psalms 107, verse 32. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Some version says, let them praise him in public before the leaders. So, corporately, we can come together and worship God. There's, there's five benefits from worshiping God corporately. Number one is it, it, it brings an awakening to us. When you're in here and somebody is, somebody, we just say somebody's going for it. Yeah, praise God. It spurs you on. It awakens you. You're like, wow, I like that. Because all of us were designed to worship God. That's why we really secretly on the inside want to be that one that's like going for it, right? Corporate worship is good. Everybody say, look at your neighbor and say, corporate worship is good. Because it encourages us, right? It awakens us. And then number two, it, it assures us. We can hear out of someone's, their, the, the tone of their voice that they're singing, the, the confidence that they're singing with. We can be assured that God is moving in their life and it assures us that God is moving in our life. It brings an assurance. Man, and it's so much easier. It's, it's, it's almost like when you're at a, at a pool and it's right about spring, the end of spring, and so it's warm on, uh, uh, in the air, but you know that the water's a little bit cold and you're all together and you want to enjoy that nice, cool pool and somebody's afraid to jump in, but the first person that jumps in, you're like, well, if they can, I, I am, right? It encourages you to just jump in. That corporate worship, let's just jump in. The fifth benefit is it, it advances you. So the first one was awaken. The second one, assurance. The third one, advance. It advances you. It pulls you in that same direction. When you're lifting your hands and you're worshiping God, you're, you're expressing. It's an expression, guys. There, the worship is the life lived, but there are expressions. And we're going to get to the expressions in a second. The, the fourth thing is it... It puts you in a place where you accept someone else's leading. Again, this is where we have problems. 
because we'll say, well, we sang that song last week. I don't like that song. I'm not singing that song. And someone is leading you in to that place, that secret place of worshiping God for all of us as God pours out his presence, and we have to be willing to follow. That's why we put the words up on the screen so we can follow. The words flow out of your heart. You're not just repeating what somebody's saying, but you're actually following them because they're here worshiping God, following and saying, come on in, man. This is awesome. If you'll come in, God will speak something to you and show you something. He'll rearrange something on the inside. This is what worship is about. And the last thing, accentuated joy, like we were talking about this morning. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. It, in his presence is fullness of joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. So that corporate worship, there's private worship, there's corporate worship. Now we're going to talk about the different ex expressions, specific expressions of worship. Different, different methods, maybe, of worshiping that the Bible talks about. And again, this is outward, but we're going to sum it all up here at the end. But the first thing is singing. Singing, Colossians 3.16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So the Bible commands us, if you will. The Bible not only suggests, but tells us to, to sing to God with thankfulness, gratitude in our hearts for what he's done for us. Singing is, is a method of worshiping God. But listen, if the words don't come from your heart, then you're only singing karaoke. <laughs> if you've ever sang karaoke, you, you may know the tune, Baby shark, doot, 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 baby shark, doot, 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 mama shark, doot, 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 <laughs> daddy shark, doot, doot, so, <laughs> the karaoke, it tells you the words, right, and you follow along, so if you're not singing from your heart, guess what, it's only up here, God wants us to sing with our heart. He wants our heart. Again, number two is, is dancing. Dancing. Psalm 149, verse 3. Let them praise his name with dancing. And you guys know, because I've said it before, that I used to dance like Michael Jackson. But I, I can't show you today because I don't have on the right shoes. And, you know, I haven't practiced. But <laughs> But if you'll look up here most of the time, I'm jumping, I'm dancing, I'm like, Lord, here I am. Because it's in my heart. I'm not trying to put on something externally that I don't have on internally. It's my heart. Number three is sacrifice of praise. Now, there are times where you may not feel like praising God. You may be down in the dumps, under the dumps, dealing with cri critical crisis situations. 
But this is where we have Hebrews 13, 15 that says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us offer to God a sacrifice of praise, which is, by the way, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You know, when you're feeling down and deserted and like nobody even knows where you are, what your name is, like God, you think that God has forgotten you, you have to offer by faith a sacrifice of praise to his name. And it needs to come from your lips. Lord, I thank you. Oh, I may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now, but your word says that I choose to fear no evil. So I'm not fearing any evil, and I'm thankful, Lord, that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that I'm washed in the blood. I thank you that Jesus came and he saved me and set me free. I thank you, Lord, that what, what I'm going through right now is not going to take me down. I'm going to take it down like David took Goliath down. Thank you, Lord, that there's always with you, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, listen, the, the moment you begin to thank God and lift up your hands and worship him with your, with your mouth, your joy breaks forth, right? That's a sacrifice of praise. And God asks us to do that. And there's power in that. And that builds on your life of worship. The fourth thing is bow. Bow. I love to bow. Come, come let us bow down. Not Psalm 95, 6. Come, let us bow down in worship and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. I'm so mindful that I, I'm powerless in this, in this state. Somebody could come up behind me and just push me down. You know, um, there's, there's, there's less stability down on my knees. There's, there's a humility. I'm always reminded of how big God is and how small I am really in, in the whole perspective of things bowing before God it's not just a ritual it's not just something religious it's bowing our heart bowing our life lifting our hands we lift our hands somebody said lifting your hands is a sign of surrender you see it on the battlefield when the when the 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 army that's defeated says we're defeated that's the first signal they you know throw down their weapons and hold up their hands i surrender lord i surrender all to you psalm 63 verse 4 says i will praise you as long as i live and in your name i will lift up my hands i will lift up my hands i'm so glad that there are so many different ways that we can express our worship to god and that there's not just one way that he ordained. Right? There's not a formula. He accepts all of the ways that we can worship him. And it's an expression of our heart. I'm so glad that we can express our heart to him in different ways. And the very last one that I want to point out, and there's, there's more than this, but the last one we're going to talk about is shouting. Shout. The shout. Wow. God Accepts shouts <laughs> as worship? Wow. Well, think about it. Before I even read the scripture, think about what happens at the Super Bowl. It just happened a couple of weeks ago here 
in ATL, right? We had two teams. People were spending thousands of dollars. I heard that there was a ticket of $115,000 for one seat. And the average price was $6,500 for one seat. For one seat. I don't know how how many thousands of seats are in the Mercedes. How many thousands? 80,000? 90,000? I don't know. But think about, I mean, do the math there, guys. There's millions of dollars in that one stadium. They're all going, woo-hoo! <laughs> right? For a team, one or the other. And I'm telling you, I watched the game, and there wasn't nothing to shout about. I mean, I'm like, meh. <laughs> really? Meh. Kind of indifferent, apathetic. <laughs> Right? Shout. <laughs> Shout. Woo! <laughs> Ezra. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. Do we have it on the, on the screen? Ezra 3, 11 through 13. I'll read it to you. You can write it down it, somewhere in your notes. And they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. Now, if it's good under the Old Testament, it's good under the New Testament, guys right we don't throw the old testament out but again there there's a heart change there's a heart change coming from the old into the new jesus re he 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 made our hearts of flesh he took out the stony hearts and made our heart of flesh and he deserves he deserves and he's worthy of all of our praise and all of our worship and all of our honor he deserves our life because he paid for it with his life And so this is why we worship him. But look at this in Ezra, chapter 3, verse 11 through 13. And they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, and for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord. Woo! Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They just got excited because they built the house. It was the temple, but, you know. (laughs) Wow! Wow. But many of the priests and Levites and head of the heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice because uh, when they saw the foundation of this house being laid, though many, though many shouted aloud for joy. Woo! So that the people could not even distinguish the, shout of the, uh, the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with s- such great joy and the sound was heard far away. What's happening? Wow. Shouting. Some people are like, shh, that's being disrespectful to God. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be that loud in church. No, 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 no. We've had people actually leave Lifeway because they play the music too loud. I tell Michael all the time, listen, you tell them that the pastor said it's good. Listen. There's clanging cymbals, there's shouts, there's loud noises in heaven. And if you're nervous here, you're going to be nervous up there. Yeah, come on now. I like it's, it's something, something about it. Now, I know, I know that, there's, there's that there's that level right there. But, but there's something about it when you feel that music. Whoo, the bass guitar, the drums. God created it all to worship him, Right? We need to shout. Psalm 94 verse, uh, 98 verse 4 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Break forth. I can't hardly even read this without laughing. 
Woo, joyful. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth and break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Break forth. It's, it, this is shouting to God. Now these things that we do in worship, again, can be external. But really the bottom line is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is the bottom line. The bottom line is daily putting Jesus first. It is bowing your life and your heart and your will down to him. It is, Lord, it is saying and meaning it with all of your heart. Lord, I love you today more than I did yesterday. But I'm sure not as much as tomorrow. I'm following you. Jesus, I'm seeking you with all of my heart as a dear pants for the water so my soul longs for you I give you myself I'm, I'm releasing myself into your hands today Jesus I love you just like we sang before oh how I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you giving your total life listen at Romans 12 1 and 2 therefore I urge you Paul was urging them because he knew the benefits of doing what he was telling them to do. God had saved him out of death many times. And he's writing this with, hey guys, listen, listen up. I'm telling you to do something that I do because of the benefits. I'm urging you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy and how merciful God is to us. We don't deserve his mercy, but he gives it. We don't deserve his grace, but he gives it. And he loves us so much. And he's done all that he's done for us. And because he's done all that he's done, and in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Go ahead, give your body a living sacrifice. Now that, I, I like how he puts bodies, give your bodies, because... You know, what is enclosed in your body, your soul and your spirit, right? Because we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. But our body is, our, is, is, is our legal, the legal part of us that allows us to stay on this earth. When our spirit leaves our body, then we're not legally able to stay on the earth, right? So Paul says, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. So you need your body to live on the earth. But because your body, your spirit, and your soul are all connected, I like to say it like this. Give your whole being, spirit, soul, and body to God as a living sacrifice. God wants us alive so that we can sacrificially, on purpose, give our life to him every minute of every day, offering ourselves to him, holy and pleasing because of the blood of Jesus, he's made us holy. Because of Jesus' blood, he's made us pleasing. And then it says this. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship. True and proper worship. Think about that. Some people work, worship externally and they think that's true and proper. But the true and proper worship is giving ourselves daily to Jesus offering ourselves to him, following him with all of our heart. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Not my will, flesh, no. Spirit, yes. 
Jesus, what do you, where, do you, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? What do you want me to say? I'm going to check it out before I say it, Lord. Is this right? Should I say this? No, I don't think I will. Thank you. You're right. You're right, Lord. If I say that, it's, gonna, it's not going to be good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay, Lord, today I'm going to be so sensitive to you. I'm going to be more sensitive today than I was yesterday. Help me, Lord. Help me with your grace and with your, with, with your power, with your strength. Work in me your will to do your will. You know, Jesus had a conversation with a woman at the well. And what came up in that conversation was worship. Wow. Of all things. And she was a Samaritan. And I think that she was looking for Jesus because she said, there's coming the Savior that's going to tell us the truth. Now, she wasn't even a Jew. And her people worshipped over here and the Jews worshipped over there. And Jesus said something to her that was phenomenal. My father's looking for those that worship him in spirit and in truth. He didn't say, my father's looking for people that can sing and dance. And, you know, he's taking auditions next week. So practice up on your tambourine and get out your banners and let's have that flag team up there. Come on, guys, we got to admit, a lot, of the, a lot of the worship today is attracting attention to ourself. Me. Look at me. Look at me. Just saying. But Jesus said, those that worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's what the Lord's looking for. How do we worship him in spirit and in truth? By daily dedicating ourselves, saying, Jesus, here I am again today my private time Lord I belong to you I didn't make myself and, and I, I can't do anything without you Jesus I take you at your word you said I, there, I can do nothing without you but then you said over here that I can all, do all things through you so here I am take me just as I am just as I am I surrender all amen let's pray thank you Father for your grace and for your mercy Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.